This is the Contreras Report, Business Mexico. I am Raul Lowry Contreras. Welcome. Thank you for being there. There is a lot of news coming out of Mexico in the past few days, especially having to do with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. But there's some really interesting stories because they touch on the history of Mexico and today in Mexico, the current history of Mexico. For example, in the Guerrero state, that's the state that has Acapulco. It's known for two things, Acapulco and drug wars. This, there's a third reason to know about it, the open market at Chilapa. It's called a Tiangas, or Tiangas. It has operated for 500 years, never closing until now, thanks to the coronavirus. 500 years through Indians, Spanish conquest, war, drought, revolutions, recessions, depressions, everything. Stay-at-home orders have cut attendance so that very few people were attending. And uh, the, the authorities decided it wasn't viable to stay open. No tourists, no customers. 500 years. That reminds me of a friend who co commented to me one time about a sign he saw at a tequila distillery in the state of Jalisco, where tequila is made in the town of Tequila. The sign said that, that the distillery was founded 200 years before George Washington was born in 1732. Now, let's go to a story that I had last time in which I said that the Mexican government under President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador was not doing anything as a government to help out the, the business sector, and that turned out to be in error. A couple of agencies of the government, so it doesn't, doesn't say the federal government, but a couple of agencies, including Social Security, have been implementing programs to help small business. They have put together a loan program to help the small businesses of Mexico try to get from here to there. The loans have limits of 25,000 pesos. At today's rate of exchange, that's $1,036. That doesn't do much for a business that may be closed for a month or two because the rents you know, alone will, would chew that up. So it's not much help, but it is designed to help pay some salaries. But rents in Tijuana, for example, for a two-bedroom, one-bath is anywhere from three to $500 in a, you know, a decent place. So $1,000, $1,026 will not go very far. But like President Trump, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has taken advantage of the situation and sent letters with his name and title, President of the Republic, letters to 40,000 of these businesses that have applied for the loans. Oops, that violates the Mexican Constitution, Article 134. Besides, he can't run for president again, so why? He's limited to one six-year term, so why is he campaigning? Well, he's campaigning because he's an evil maniac. Article 134 says government messages may not include names, images, voices, or symbols that personally promote any public servant. The National Electoral Institute, the NEI, 
has issued its written prohibition after receiving complaints. AMLO, sorry, Mexicans, you got a bummer of a president. President Trump, he signed these personal $1,200 checks. He actually had his signature put on them, as if the money is coming from him, from Donald J. Trump personally. Well, it's against the law in Mexico. I wish it was against the law in the United States, but it's not. Business in Mexico. The biggest project that President Lopez Obrador has has tried to get it, uh, get going has been what he calls the Maya train. It's a 1,500-kilometer line stretching through Yucatan and five different states, and they're all in the south, uh, which are, uh, is is not the best economic part of Mexico. It's designed to move tourists around through the old Maya uh, ruins and the empire, and because uh, that's where the pre-Columbian Maya empire was. So that's the name of the project, the Maya train. Mexican billionaire Carlos Slim is getting richer. His company, CICSA, and a Spanish company in which he has the controlling interest, has just been awarded the second Maya train contract worth 18.55 billion pesos. That is 752.8 million dollars American. So he owns the Mexican company outright, and he is the largest shareholder of the Spanish contractor, whose name is the FCC company. I don't know what FCC stands for. The contract is for building 222 kilometers of the Maya train. It's in three segments. Slim's consortium proposal scored 94.06 on a rating scale of 100. It beat out 15 competitors. The first section of the Maya train's construction contract was let a week earlier to Portugal's MOTA Engel company and the Chinese government-owned China Communications Construction Company. That contract was for 15.5 billion pesos and that uh, is, again, hundreds of millions of dollars of American dollars. CCC, the Chinese company, CCCC, the four Cs, was blacklisted by the World Bank in 2001 for bribery in getting contracts. Now, the United Nations Office for Project Services reviewed all the bids for this contract, and for the for the first section of the Maya train, it agreed that the Portuguese Chinese bid was the best. Now, Carl Slim's consortium, the CICSA, CICSA, and the FCC group has also bid on the third section of the train. Sixteen total bids have been extended for that third portion of the train, and the contract will be announced on May 15th. That's good news, I think. I, I, I suspect that that train will do rather well. Let's hope so. How about let's talk about our old friend Pemex, the Mexican National Oil Company. In the first quarter, January, February, and March, it lost 562 billion pesos in the first quarter. 
low oil prices and coronavirus and no oil sales in some uh, sales in some uh, uh, areas of the country in fact there they have oil that they can't sell because no one's buying it so they're using it to generate electricity in an old plants that are inefficient but you know they're they're using it at least now gas prices all over mexico but particularly here in baja california are interesting that had been hovering at about a dollar per liter 4.3 liters to a gallon so gasoline was like four dollars and thirty cents or so in um, in uh, the tijuana area and uh, there was nothing anybody could do about it except go across the border and pay three dollars american for a gallon of gas or whatever it was at the time that's uh the other day was 289 uh, that i saw and um, the gas prices in mexico now because the oil prices are so low and because the demand has fallen so much and there's a glut of oil on the market uh, that the prices have plunged here in baja california it's about 14 pesos a liter now. That's about 56 cents a liter, or about $2.24 per U.S. gallon. So right now, it's advantageous to buy gas in Baja, California. The bad news that has been kicking around Mexico in the past few days has been the first quarter report of the, of the gross domestic product, the GDP. The first quarter suffered a decline in G Mexican GDP by 2.4%. It's the worst contraction in the third quarter or since the third quarter of 2009 when year over year had 5% contraction. Business wasn't locked down until March 31st, the end of the quarter. So the direct effect of the lockdown that's going on right this minute wasn't even going on during the first quarter because it didn't occur the, the full lockdown until March 31. Now, there was a total contraction of 1% in the year 2019 over the year 2018. The International Monetary Fund, the IMF, predicts 6.6 .6 drop in the 2020 GDP for the year. Citibanamex predicts 9, a 9.9% drop. And the bank BBVA predicts decline a decline of 12%. And once again, uh, President Lopez Obrador is shooting off his mouth that he's not going to tolerate any debt and he's not going to increase uh, any public spending. He's going to cut federal spending. And he's not going to give tax breaks to any companies that are in trouble. Or And he's not going to authorize any bailouts of any companies that fold or, or get close to folding. So we know one thing about Lopez Obrador is he is not a Keynesian. Anybody remember when Richard Nixon announced that because of a problem with the economy that he said, uh, I'm a Keynesian? Well, John Maynard Keyes was the economist for whom the Keynesian uh, philosophy was named, and that really boils down to one simple proposition. If you go into a recession or into a depression, 
the uh, what you have to do as a government is spend a lot of money to create economic activity to create jobs, and that's called the Keynesian theory. And AMLO, Lopez Obrador, is certainly not a Keynesian, and he's running the country into the ground. Now, I want you all to understand that. Uh, with him as president for the next five years, it might not be wise to invest a lot of money in Mexico because he's not going to help the economy. He's not going to increase any federal debt. And that's silly because he should be spending money, lots and lots of money. In other words, if you're a private business and you have a, have a problem, tough. You just have to get, get on uh, with your life uh, in any way you can. Take the example of beer. Take the example of beer. Mexico is the world's largest exporter of beer. It has 29% of the international beer market. That's almost a third by itself. And he has declared, uh, his advisors declared, alcohol to be a non-essential product, and therefore the breweries were shut down, except as we found out that Constellation Brands is um, selling uh, preparing and making uh, beer in a couple of uh, breweries and just for the export market to the United States. He shut down the breweries because he said alcohol wasn't, wasn't a necessary uh, production. It's not, well, and, and that's absolutely silly, you know, and just absolutely silly. If they're the world's leading exporter of beer, they should continue doing that. That would keep it out of uh, the Mexican market, as it is to run out of beer here in Mexico, because the breweries haven't made anything for a couple of weeks, and they make they make beer and they sell it, and they make more beer and they sell it, and what have you. If they're not making any beer, but they're still selling beer that's from existing uh, warehouses and the warehousing and and supplies in, that have already been delivered. Well, in just a few days, everybody will run out. And that is really a shame. Okay. We've all heard people that have said and done silly things because they don't like the fact that there are Mexicans in the United States, legal and illegal, working, who take some of the money they earn, sometimes most of the money they earn, and they pack it up and they send it by uh, Wells Fargo or, or whatever uh, to Mexico to their family. Those are called remittances. Remittances. Okay? And everyone knows that there's a whole bunch of remittances that go to Mexico every year. We don't acknowledge the effect on earnings by Mexicans in the U.S. unless you hear about the remittances. So what have we? Well, in March, there was over $4 billion sent home, sent to Mexico from the United States. That's a record. There has never been that much in remittances by Mexicans to Mexico for any month ever. The Bank of Mexico reports that $4.02 billion was sent to Mexico by people in the U.S. in March. That is 35.8% more than March of last year, in 2019. And February, and uh, March, 
$4.02 billion, $4 billion is 49% higher than February of this year. While some people are mystified by the surge in remittances in March, could it be that Mexicans in the U.S. just know what they are doing? If the March record rate would of continuing remittances would become a larger share of the Mexican GDP, if they were really, really record numbers and high, they would raise the Mexican GDP more than the 2% that they presently do or have been doing for several years. So that you understand, the Mexican GDP, gross domestic product, is about $3, billion, or $3 trillion. $3 trillion in size. So, if it's $4 billion, then, you know, uh, you, you do the math and that comes out to uh, about 3% or something like that of the Mexican GDP. 2%, which is what it has been running for several years, would be would now be 3 or 4%. So that shows you the strength of the Mexican economy. And, and people say, well, that's more than oil brings down. Yeah, because oil is in the dumps right now and there's, the Mexicans are selling half to the U.S. or what they did just 10 years ago. So yes, of course, remittances are bringing in more money to the Mexican uh, treasury than, uh, than uh, oil. Yeah, that's true. There are lots of Americans who complain about remittances because that comes from money earned by legal and illegal workers. And there's a lot of Americans that say there should be no Mexicans working in the United States, legal or illegal. And they say that those Mexicans, A, are taking jobs Americans can do. Americans can do them, let's admit that, but they don't want to do them. Anybody that thinks an American is going to get out in the fields, the tomato fields, at 4 o'clock so he can get hired at 5 o'clock along with 50 other pickers to pick tomatoes for 12 hours for $10 an hour, anybody that thinks an American is going to do that is nuts. Because they don't do it. Even when they, they're given a free ride, people collecting welfare, they're given a free ride, they're taken to the peach groves of Alameda County or the strawberry fields of Kern County or where, wherever it is in California, let's say, or Arizona. And uh, they're, they're given jobs, they're given jobs. And they're paid $10, $15 an hour. And they get free transportation. And they get free food, free lunch. And they last on the job one or two days, and then they're gone. So I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. If you think that these Mexicans are taking American jobs, you've got another thing coming. You know, they really don't. The, and the thing is that there are people who want to seize this money. They want to steal this money from these workers because they say it's money illegally earned. Well, a lot of these workers are legal, so it's, they're not illegal, le illegally working. And I'm sorry, if they're legally working, they're entitled to that job, and they're entitled to that pay, and if they want to send half of it or three-fourths of it home to their families, let them. Besides, one of the things that people don't understand, and Americans don't understand, is that for every dollar that crosses the border south, or whether it be goods or services or what have you, uh, let's say... Uh, uh, somebody sends home by money order uh, $500, okay? 
400 of that is going to come back into the United States within a short period of time. Because that's how the dollar flow works across the, the border, going south and coming north. The Mexicans buy things from the United States. They buy goods and they buy services. California exports billions of dollars worth of electronic uh, devices, computers, phones, and what have you, things that are made or assembled in California, or the parts that go into uh, factories in Mexico where they're assembled, like LG, which is my phone, Korean company, has a huge plant down in Mexicali where they assemble telephones, probably my telephone. So that's the story on remittances. It'll be interesting to see what happens because of the lockdown and the number of people that are being or have been laid off. Uh, the uh, Mexican national economists are predicting or have stated that they think that 300,000 Mexicans have been already let go by American companies. And um, that means that uh, there should be less money coming. But the remittances this year, the news is they're up 18.8% over last year, same time, to $9.29 billion. Now, that's for the year. That's for January, February, and March. That's an average of uh, remittance of $378, and that's up from $321 in February, uh, February 2019. And remittances totaled last year in 2019, $36 billion. Yes, that's a lot of money. But remember this, it doesn't go into casinos, you know. Now, these people, when they send money home, their families will build a new home or add to a, uh, the size of their home, their family home, or they, the remaining family in Mexico starts a business with it. It's, this is uh, really helpful. And then, of course, then they go buy American products for their business or for their home, and uh, the money crosses back on to this side. Now, the bad news is, according to Bank Banorte, some 299,000 Mexican immigrants have lost their jobs in the United States in February and March. 36,179 were legal workers, so uh, the remittance dollars will go down. Yes, they will go down. Okay. Baja California responds, the state of Baja California responds to the request by the United States Defense Department uh, under Secretary Ellen Lord of uh, the uh, Defense Department. Remember, she asked the Mexican government to reopen Mexican factories and plants on the border that supply the U.S. auto chain, the supply chain, and the supply chain of defense contractors. So Governor Jaime Bonilla in Baja California, who just started his term in December, uh, by the way, he was an elected Republican political office holder in San Diego County, California. Yes, he's an American citizen as well as a Mexican citizen. And he was elected to uh, a Water District uh, Board of Directors. Uh, spent $100,000 to win that election, as I recall. He was really anxious. Well, political fortunes turned in Mexico, and he returned and was elected governor of Baja California uh, last year and took office on December 1st. 
Again, Trump administration defense officials had publicly asked Mexico to reopen border plants that supply American defense contractors. And I explained before, the wiring harness that provides the guidance system in Tomahawk missiles is done in Nogales, Mexico. And there's all kinds of uh, General Dynamics, uh, uh, Boeing, all kinds of companies that buy parts made in Mexico to put into their final products, whatever they happen to be, airplanes or missiles or radar systems, whatever. So really, really important because the American national U.S. defense is at stake here. And the Defense Department doesn't want, does not want the supply chain for American defense contractors to get fouled up by this coronavirus shutdown. So, Governor Jaime Bonilla has ordered 100 plants to reopen. 40,000 workers are involved. Those plants are in Tijuana and in Mexicali. And that meant that uh, uh, some of the jobs, a lot of jobs are shut down now. Before the coronavirus shutdown occurred, 1,725,000 jobs existed in Tijuana and Mexicali and Tecate in between. And um, in this case, the governor has ordered 100 factories to open and 40,000 workers are involved. It looks like uh, the, the shutdown will come to an end in the next month or so, maybe two, and uh, whatever is not destroyed by the shutdown will come back roaring and I'm sure will make a lot of people, a lot of people happy. Okay, one more thing about uh, beer. Uh, the Mexican economy is running out of beer. Total industry shut down by the Mexican government, except for the two plants I told you about, uh, has wiped out the beer supply. 65 million Mexicans drink beer. That's one half of the Mexican people. And uh, their per capita consumption last year was 68 liters per capita. So the world's largest exporter of beer, 27% of the global market, was shut down by President Lopez Obrador because he said they weren't essential. The breweries were not essential, and neither was their product. And we now found out, and we have found out, that Constellation Brands is still making beer, and it's for export only to the United States, which is what they should have done to begin with. They should have said, okay, uh, it's essential. The exports are essential. And then got in there and, and did with the best scientific uh, techniques and, uh, and equipment, tried to make the workers absolutely safe. Most of the breweries are relatively new, so it shouldn't be that hard to apply modern technology, health technology, to the workplace uh, at the breweries because they're relatively new. One last item before we go is the the record-setting murder rate in Mexico has, uh, in April, dropped by 3.6% to 2,492 murders in all of Mexico. Remember, the population is around 130 million people. And remember that there are several states like Sinaloa and Sonora and Chihuahua and Tamaulipas uh, that are um, heavily uh, uh, filled, uh, they're filled with drug cartels and their private armies. And so most of the people that are killed down here, as the old Texan used to say, 
in um, the Old West, well, they deserve killing because these are drug people. And uh, we're not talking about government executions here by any of the states because the death penalty is illegal in Mexico. We're talking about 2,492 murders. And uh, uh, there's not much else we can do. On April 20th, 114 murders occurred on that day, on April 20th. The average was 83 murders per day. 2020 year-to-date murders, 9,579. A lot of drug dealers, and uh, maybe eventually they'll take care of uh, each other, and there won't be a drug problem left. Who knows? This is Raul Lowry Contreras. This is the Contreras Report, Business Mexico, and I will spend another straight 100 hours of doing research and gathering material for you that hopefully you will find useful. Thank you.